welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Today's interview is with Adam from The Pressure Project. Adam is the founder of The Pressure Project, father, freediver, diving athlete who represented Australia, and an inspiring human helping more people slow down and reconnect to themselves through diving and controlling their breath to control their emotional state of life. Adam talks about his past experience as a corporate professional and the anxious and depressed state he found himself in which led to him to a social catch-up with a friend out in the ocean. This was the start of a life-altering decision that completely changed his life forever. From this one experience, he found a new love for the ocean and allowed himself to really talk about what was happening in life. We dive into his professional career, controlling your emotional state to thrive in life, understanding we all have our own monster, how to accept it and move on. We also touch on not having a plan B in life and allowing yourself to let go to bring more into your life through awareness for a happier and healthier life. This episode is going to shift your perspective and allow you to really thrive and for you to be authentic self and step in to the success that you deserve. Thanks so much for listening in and enjoy. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. For people listening in, uh, who are you and what is it that you do? Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, My name's Adam Sellers and I run a company called The Pressure Project, uh, which is freediving courses, retreats, uh, public speaking and coaching. uh, And it's all around helping people deal with the pressures of life uh, through the principles of diving deep without oxygen. Yeah, epic. And before we dive into more of like your business and what it's all about, let's start a little bit further back in time. We'll just go through that little door, we'll open up, see where we go. Um, how did you get started on this journey and what kind of inspired you to pursue this? Oh, so I was in corporate uh, world on a big cushy wage, great job, Um started to struggle with the content. So I was a a trainer, right, or a presenter. So I started to struggle a little bit with my place in the world, if you like, where I wasn't actually, I didn't feel like I was making the world a better place. Um, So, but then also at that time, I was really struggling with my mental health. And it was the first time in my life that I was, I was like, had a marriage that was failing, had, 
you know, a workplace that I wasn't super happy with, but was was stressful. Um, I had kids for the first time. So like people were responsible for me. Like I was, sorry, I was responsible for them eating and stuff. So like, it felt like a lot of pressure, right? And so at the time I didn't know what it was because I'd never struggled mentally. Um, <clears throat> and so then like at the same time where like I just wasn't coping with life on land, um, a friend of mine took me spearfishing and like at the time I was really struggling mentally and I said, oh yeah, well, like what's involved with spearfishing? And he's like, you just dive down and shoot fish in the face. And I was like, yeah, right. Okay. Well, it doesn't sound too hard. Let's give that a crack. Um, but what I realized once we got out there is <clears throat> I'd never actually been in the open ocean that far offshore. So what came up really quickly was like a lot of fear and like anxiety about, holy crap, like I'm pretty sure sharks live here. Uh, and what do I do in the event that I see one? Am I going to be okay? So all these things started to kick up. But I was out there for about two hours. And over those two hours, I finally sunk in to my work and like, just was like, wow, this is a whole new world. And a part of it was the fear, which brings you really present. The other part was being on one breath. And the other part was being in what is a truly uniquely wild environment. Like humans are baby-proof land, right? But we're by and large, we're pretty safe. The only thing we're at risk at is from other humans, right? So everything else is kind of like, we're not running from tigers, you know, monkeys aren't jumping out of the trees trying to get us. We're pretty safe, right? But yet you dive into the ocean and you are not top dog anymore. It is not baby-proofed. It is not, like, now I know it's safe, but the, the like, the, I suppose the human mind goes into, we're not safe here, you know? Like, I don't have a little protective shield here. Like, you know, when people go to Africa to see lions, they're in a, they're in a car, right? Yeah. Someone's got a shotgun, like you still have that element of safety. So for that two hours that I was out there with this friend of mine, I got back onto the boat and I just said to him, man, I don't know what that was, but I feel like Adam again. Like I've connected back with self and nature. And I don't know, like I would have thought that breath holding stuff was really scary, but it was cool as shit. Like I need more of it. Um so I enlisted in a freediving course. And at the time, you couldn't really do them here in Australia. Well, sorry, not in Australia, but here in this area, particularly Southeast Queensland, it was really hard. So I went to Bali and I rocked up to this course and there was me, a Russian guy and a Slovenian instructor. Like kind of sounds like the start of a bad joke, right? Australia <laughs> and walk into a pub. But um, so this Slovenian instructor, he was super intense. Like he's like, oh, my name is Vid. And I was like, vid? And he's like, yes, like very important dude. But anyway, he led out the course, long story short, he led out the course with what's the difference between scuba diving and free diving? And like, you know, it's a question you're going to get wrong. So you don't really want to answer it. And like, if you've ever come across Russians, like when they make a decision, they don't falter on it. So he's, he's just decided he's not going to speak. So he's just shut up shop. And uh, the, the, but the, the problem was, was that, the instructor shut up shop as well. He wasn't going to speak until someone else spoke. So I sat there going like, holy shit, like no one's going to talk here. 
So I was like, yeah, okay, Vid, like, I'll give this a go. Uh, he's like, yes, Adam. I'm like, okay. Uh, in scuba diving, you, you've got tanks and you can breathe and stuff down there. Uh, in free diving, you take one breath and you go. And he's like, yes, Adam, but what is the real difference? And I was like, shit, Vid. Like, I thought I nailed that one. I thought yeah. that was a pretty clear and distinct difference between the two. Anyway, I said, mate, just tell us. Like, we clearly don't. He's like, okay, Adam, in uh, scuba diving, you go down, you level out, you look around at the pretty fish in the reef. He's like, in free diving, we look within. And <laughs> so I had this moment where I'm like, started to giggle right i was like yeah yeah we go with him no one else laughed with me so i was like uh okay yeah all right well he's serious on that point um i felt like saying to him mate i'm just here to dive deep that's all i want i want to dive as deep as my friend that i saw go to the bottom and you know chasing around fish so i want to do that like like to that point i'm from far north queensland if you've ever met anyone from far north queensland we're simple creatures, right? We're like, there's there's not a lot to us. There's not a lot of going within, though. I can guarantee you that. You don't go up north and see a lot of people cross-legged, sitting with butterflies buzzing around their head, meditating. Like, it's not a thing. So to this point, I hadn't done a lot of going within. Um, but across my journey, I obviously found the space that he was talking about. Um, and freediving like no other can bring you super present to your body, super present to your mind, because you take away the number one thing we need to survive, which is air, right? So you take that away from a human and you get a really good insight. It's like holding up a mirror to someone and saying, this is how you deal with your shit, Adam. This is what happens when you get stressed. This is what happens when you get anxious. This is what happens when your emotions run wild mm -hmm. really quickly. Like, so like, you know, instantly. And when I run courses, like I can see, I can even see where people hold their tension. I can see the part of the body where when they get stressed, seizes up. And I'm like, hey, let go of that. Let go of those shoulders there. And they don't even know they're doing it. They're not conscious. Because in today's world, we're so in our head and so disconnected from our body. But people aren't conscious that they're stressed, that they're anxious. They're just so used to being in that state that they just sit in that state. And it's, as you would know, mate, it's so harmful for our mental and physical health. Um, so, mate, well, that's a very long story, even though I said long story short. That's how I got into it. And like, but it's so, it's so true, though, because, you know, my, my brain kind of goes to, well, if you put someone in a position where, you know, you're taking away that one thing, the oxygen, you're allowing them to actually realize the value of life because so many people don't really have that gratitude and they don't actually value or realize the value of their life or how lucky they are. And so as soon as you take that away, they're just like, boom, done. Wait, this is actually good. I, I want to breathe. I want to be alive. I want to experience things. We often, we often refer to it as like the journey between two breaths, right? So whether they do a dive for five meters or 50 meters, there's a journey there for everyone mm -hmm. uh, between the breath they take on the surface and then the next breath they take when they return again to the surface. So 
And a lot of times when people push their limits a bit and they come up and they go, now I know the value of breath. Mm. When you go so long without it and you go through a journey, um, when you take that first one, it's like money can't buy that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, I can buy a day spa, I can buy a nice massage, but that feeling of like, oh, yes, that's right. We need this shit to survive. And I went a fair time without it just then. Um, But one of the great things that I've found, and I'm a meditation teacher, I'm a yoga teacher, and and, and the hard thing with, with, with sometimes with meditation and yoga is that people and Western culture in particular, we expect fast results. You know, whatever it is, you get in the gym, people expect like in two days, they're going to be Arnie. Um, And so like with yoga and meditation, it's such a slow burn that people quite often drop off the bandwagon, right? With freediving, the gains can be so quick because the human body is physically designed for breath hold diving, just like a dolphin, just like an orca just like a seal human body is actually designed for this most humans don't know this they think no we're not designed to be in the ocean we are actually designed to be there so when we do breath hold diving the human body reacts the exact same way as say a dolphin that you see out there the thing that doesn't react the same way is the thing between the ears the brain Mm. a human affliction is doubt fear anxiety etc etc Dolphins, orcas, whales, they don't have this when they dive. They know they're built for it. And so they don't have the same thing where they're like, I'm not going to dive down there because it's deep and I'm going to go a long time without air. They just go, right? There's no fear with it. So like the getting back to why it is powerful or why I've found it powerful is because people actually also... They're going through the journey. They're being super present, but they also get these measurable, like these measurable gains. And sometimes really quickly, like sometimes in a two day course, like on day one, they do a 30 second breath hold at the start of the day. They do three minutes at the end and they're like, holy shit. Like in three quarters of a day, they've done what they thought was not possible. And then we go to the ocean, they start and they're anxious and they're, oh my God, what's going to be down there? Is there sharks here? I'm like, well, see, the ocean is where they live. Uh, but most likely you're not going to see one. I wish we would because they're cool as shit, but you're probably not going to see one. And like, you know, they start off and they burn down to like three meters and they panic and they shoot the surface. And But then slowly but surely, their brain starts to tick off each dive. They're like, that's safe, that's safe, that's safe. They start to believe. And then next minute, they're at 15. So, and that's all getting control of the body and the mind because it's a two-way feedback loop. And there's so many applications for everyday life with this. You know, like how we deal with the stress of knowing you're going to have a fight with your partner or having that conversation with your boss because you're undervalued and you want you want a bloody pay rise or, you know, um, struggling with social anxiety and not wanting to go to that party because there's going to be 40 people there and shit, I'm not going to live my life because I know from time to time I get social anxiety. Or I'm not going to dive to 15 metres because I might die. Mm. <laughs> but 
they get this measurable, holy shit, I am actually more powerful than I thought. Over the course of two days, I did a three-minute breath hold in the pool and I dove to 20 meters. Like, holy crap, I came into this course thinking that, like, just having huge amounts of anxiety about it or stressed and worry. And, and this is a vehicle for everyday life, right? We do it with everything. Yeah, I don't want to go start at the gym because it's hard. And everyone else is probably really fit, but I'm not. I'm not going to start because of that, mm. because I'm worried about my own image, all this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's where I see the real power in it. It's pretty wild, though, like, because, like, I know for, like, with your diving and stuff, you've held, like, a few personal records, too, as, as you've gone along this, have you? Oh, look, I, I, I've represented, I got picked to represent Australia a few times. Um which is super cool. Australia is like an emerging nation in freediving. So we don't have access to great depth. Um, but, you know, like I absolutely love the competition side of things. I look, I was never going to medal at these world championships and things that I went to. Um, but unless it was like a Stephen Bradbury thing where like everyone else blacked out and I was yeah. the last. Um, so, but for me, my only goal with these competitions was putting myself at the highest level of competition that there is in this sport. And in the five minutes that they give you on the surface, right? So they basically give you five minutes and then they're like, dive deep. Uh, I wanted to know that at the highest level, the highest level of pressure and stress and anxiety that you could feel that I could be stress-free anxiety-free, worry-free on the surface because I knew that if I could do that, then the dive itself was academic, right? My body, and I say this to my students all the time, your body knows how to do this dive. This thing is what you need to control, the brain. So, and that's what I was most pleased with at these, these big world championships was that I was like, full-blown buffalo soldier on the surface just my body was in total homeostasis completely relaxed mind just like clear and so the dive was actually really kind of joyful like you know we're talking 74 meters to almost 250 feet and it was enjoyable and yet some of the athletes that were much deeper divers than me couldn't control competition stress so even though in training i would see them i'm like man you are a weapon um come competition day that same dive they would black out mm. just, the stress the nerves the anxiety all that sort of stuff on competition day would get them and there's so many like the juxtaposition for everyday life is there right it's like the pre-stuff like people's one of people's main main fears in life for a lot of people is public speaking, right? That's like they'd prefer to die in a lot of, in a lot of cases. Like people are just like nope. I know people that are given away, you know, um, uh, working up the corporate ladder because they might have to speak once a year at a national conference, and you're like you've given away a promotion because you've got to speak for an hour at a conference once a year. Yeah, absolutely not going to find me up on the stage. And I'm like, wow. And so that's like, 
controlling that 11 months mm. before that public speaking thing, controlling your mind with that, going, everything's going to be okay. You're not going to die on that stage. You're going to be okay for that one event. Or, you know, knowing that things aren't great with your partner or your boss or whatever it is, but controlling your state beforehand is so vital to living a happy, healthy life. People don't go into business because they're scared of maybe failing. Mm. Yeah, like this is a mind that is conscious, constantly, sorry, looking for threats, looking to keep you alive from things that it doesn't need to keep you alive from. It can't separate the difference between a great white shark in the ocean and your business failing. So I'm not going to go into business because that might happen. I'll look stupid. Everyone will say, I told you so. And so I'll have to go back to what I'm doing now anyway. So I'll just stay with what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. So there's so many things that I learned from free diving in those five minutes before the dive that I'm like, there's no room for stress here, Adam. In fact, stress could kill you on this dive. Can't have it. Why can't I do that in, on land? That was how the pressure project was born. Why can I deal with actual real pressure, right? The ocean does not discriminate. It compresses the human body as you go down with pressure, whether you like it or not. You can't will it away. You can't say it's not there. It's there. It's physical and it's happening. But on everyday, in everyday life, especially when I was going through the mental health stuff, it's like, why can't I deal with the, the pressure of life on land that's actually not even real? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's so crazy, but we do it to ourselves. We literally, bit by bit, we kill ourselves with stress. And the problem is, is that in Western world, we're built this way, though future think you need to achieve this you need to do that constantly moving forward um no one ever says like hey, just how happy are you how happy are you right now chris mm. always like how you going mate what's happening and then what do you usually go to busy with yeah. work <laughs> oh cool oh that's good your work's going well yeah nah awesome that's great like how many people in your life just say chris how happy are you no one, no one does it. No one does it. Yeah. And so in a lot of ways, you got to do that for yourself. You got to go like, you know what, what are the positives? What are this? And how do I control stress? Like I just did a job with the Australian swimming team and what they, the swimmers quite often do because the Australian swimming team has like the most pressure to perform out of probably like any sporting team we have. It's just expected, right? Like Olympics, that's where we get all our goals, right? And the swimmers feel that. And leading up to competition, they can't sleep, right? Because their system's always stressed and anxious and worried about performing and all that sort of stuff. That when they go to sleep, they try and go to sleep, but the body says we've been stressed all day, so we can't sleep. And they're worried. And I'm like, so what we worked on with them is like, hey, um, you need a way to be able to deal with this and not swim your race too early, right? Mm. So we're going to have two modes for you guys. We're going to have like the Zen mode, which is what you have to activate when you're not training hard and when you're not competing. You need to be in this zone. And then we're going to have, and I actually got them to name the two zones. We split them up into five groups and we're like, you're going to name it and you're going to own this. It's not mine. You're going to own it. We had all sorts of stuff like Master Ugwe turtle from 
ender mode and then the next mode on that group was like beast mode right mm. so really clearly separating where their system needs to be and that's important in everyday life because i mean i remember before finding all of this like, it's just stress about like oh shit my boss really doesn't think i'm performing and we've got a meeting this friday and it's going to be bad. And I'm like, what am I going to say if he's, okay, if he says that, I'm going to say this. And if he does that, I'm going to do this. And like a week out, I'm, I'm playing these scenarios. And the thing with that is your system is not operating well, mm. right? It works in that state where it's stress and it says, let's shut everything else down because we might have to run from something. So digestion, immune system, breathing, all these things that are just vital for our health it shuts them all down and it creates adrenaline so that we can run right um and so like if you don't have mechanisms to deal with that then you're gonna suffer sleep digestion just general health you'll get sick whether it's just a small sickness or a big sickness that could potentially take your bloody life we don't know that but so i'd stress about this thing and then i get to friday and it was all positive He'd be like, mate, I just wanted to congratulate you. We got some feedback from one of these accounts and mate, they absolutely loved what you did a month ago. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, well, that's good. Yeah. But I was still sitting there waiting for, okay, where's the butt? Mm. He's like, that's all. I just wanted to say, great job. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'd be like, huh. I just spent a week waking up at 3 a.m. going, oh, he's going to say that for sure. Yeah. He's going to say, and I'm going to smash him with this, right? Yeah. And getting back to the brain, looking for threats and trying to keep you alive. And it doesn't need to. It's not a threat. Even if it was negative, I wouldn't die. I'd still walk out of that office. But the brain doesn't know that. And this mm. is what's happening. This is why there's a, don't worry about COVID. There's a pandemic in anxiety and stress. Mm. And you see it in the traffic when people are yelling at you when you forget to indicate or, you know, where you might push your trolley in front of theirs at the supermarket. You just, you're like, whoa, man, our society is in serious trouble. Like, they're it's just pretty, pretty scary because, like, the amount of times it, it seems we get, like, doubling on more and more and more of people being, like, reactive and, it's you know, it's based on everything you've just said with, like, being in the right state and i kind of i literally repeat this on every episode i'm like if you just like learn to control like your your nervous system you learn to control your stress levels learn to control control your stress levels in one like controlled environment so that you can build that that tolerance to it and then you can be less reactive and more proactive as you know but like the fact is like it's crazy because everyone's like being reactive that susan unfriended you on facebook and it's like, who cares about Susan? Like, focus on your life. Oh, someone built a horn at you. Yeah. Like, there's, 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 everyone knows there's Karens in the world, but like, you know, a lot of people get more fixated on like the little things than the big things. Someone will be more focused on producing a piece of content than they will about actually creating, you know, say information that adds value. Hmm. Look, I mean, something that I talk about a bit and I, I learned this from basically pushing my mind and body to the absolute brink, right? Like diving so deep that I was like, what am I actually doing here, <laughs> right? Um, 
And so what was happening whilst I was pushing my body and mind to those limits was I started to get uh, the negative thoughts. And this is going a step further than what you were just talking about, controlling your nervous system and, and controlling yourself, controlling controllables, all that sort of stuff. But what I realized was that we all have that voice in our head that says, oh, you know, Melissa or whatever you said, unfriended me. Oh my God, I can't believe this. And and you start to take that on as your own stuff. Or, um, you know, for me, I would be laying on the surface about to dive deep and my brain would go, have we actually trained hard enough for this? Like, have we done the work? Mm. Like, you know, this is, I'm on my own once I leave the surface. There's no one there with me. Um, have I trained hard enough? Or like, you know, I've never been real good at fasting. Yeah. I've been great at it. But this is a sport where you don't want your digestion taking any of your oxygen, right? So you try not to eat beforehand so that your digestion's not working. And, you know, but I would I would always eat breakfast and sometimes I go a bit overboard. And so like my brain would go like, Adam, definitely reckon you ate too much oats this morning. And, you know, like, so what I started to, and I did a lot of research and I started writing a book on all of this and I was like, you know what? That voice is actually not me. And this is huge for your listeners, for whoever hears this. This was a a defining moment for me was that that voice is not actually you, right? That is past Adam. That is conditioned Adam. That is the Adam that got told he can't do this or maybe you shouldn't go into business um, because it might fail or maybe this might happen. Now, Adam as a child, when he came out, didn't have this. So Adam at his core wasn't fearful, wasn't worried. He was a kid that would go, man, snake? put it in my mouth what does it do right so you learn fear you learn worry and we often learn that from our family or our friends and peers and all the rest of it so what I started to do is I separated myself from that voice right I actually humanized it now I thought to myself who is the most worried anxious person in this world that I know and I just kept coming back to my nana right our grandparents, um, and generally it's our grandma or nana, right? They're such loving people. They're great people, but super risk adverse, mm-hmm. right? So Adam running on the concrete was like, woo, that's what we do. We run places, right? As a, as a young kid. <laughs> and then nana, if she was around, like, Adam, don't run on the concrete. You'll fall over and split your head open, right? And I'd be like, huh. Oh. Okay, fine. She doesn't want me doing that. I'm going to climb a tree. Right? Be halfway up the tree. Adam, get out of that bloody tree. You'll fall out and break your neck. (laughs) Right? Similar to what your brain does. Mm. Yeah? Don't ask that person out on a date because she or he might say no. Don't uh, dive headfirst into a business because it might fail. Don't dive to 70, 80 meters because you might die. So I started every time that voice would kick up, I'd talk to Nana. 
So that voice actually became Nana. And I've told her this and I said, I love you. It's not a bad thing. You always wanted to keep me alive from a place of love, but you didn't really need to. And that's what my brain does. Mm. Right. So it's just like, oh God, you know, it still happens to me now. I'm not going to say I don't get mm. negative thoughts. It's like, shit, winter was really quiet with business. <gasps> God, maybe I'll have to get a job. And then I'm like, oh, Nana, come on. <laughs> We've been doing this now for six years. We've gone through the ups and downs. We've been through a pandemic with this business. It's bomb-proof. We're good to go. So you see what I'm doing is I'm, I'm not... So what most people do and what you're talking about is they get a thought and that thought controls them, which then means their nervous system goes to shit, which their nervous system also then shifts their breath so they breathe like shit. Mm. And then it's just a spiral. And every time they get a thought like that, same thing happens. This is why uh, mental health is at pandemic levels because we don't know how to deal with it. But why breath is so powerful, so powerful. And another thing I want your listeners to think about is like you have the ability to regulate your nervous system. But firstly, it starts with the thoughts, rebranding the thoughts. That thought is not you. Thanks, brain. Thanks for the shit thought, but it's not me. Nana, it's okay. We got this. And because that thought, if you if you package that thought differently, you go, that's not actually me. But thanks, brain. Yeah. The nervous system might not have the response. Now, your habit might be so strong that the nervous system does kick into that stress zone called the sympathetic nervous system, which shifts your breath. Right, So you start to breathe generally through the mouth and chest breathe. That's what we do. Now, in a setting where we had to run from a tiger, fine. That's totally fine. We're not running from tigers anymore. So what we're generally running from is our thoughts. So the powerful thing and what I would love your listeners to be able to use, and you've probably gone through this before, but is breath, okay? Because whilst the nervous system will shift your breath, right? It'll say, we're stressed, we just had a bad thought or someone yelled at us. Nervous system response turns on, breath changes. Now, the powerful thing is that if you shift your breath, it will shift your nervous system. Mm. So what happens is the nervous system goes like this, Chris, we're stressed. But you start breathing in a manner that's not stressful. It goes, hang on, hang on, Chris, we're stressed. And you go, no, 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 I'm breathing in a manner that says we're not stressed. Chris, we're stressed. Eventually it gives up and it says, you know what? He keeps breathing like we're calm. Fuck it. Okay, we're calm. <laughs> and then it shifts away from that sympathetic nervous system, which is a stress one, and shifts mm. into that parasympathetic, which is our rest, digest, and regenerate system, which is where we should live, which is where we used to live consistently as cave men and women and mm. only ever got into the sympathetic when there was actually a tiger right and once the tiger left a system would go back but now the tigers are i don't have as many followers as i should oh work's not going all that great my partner is yelling at me every night my this is that and the other and it's consistent but it's only consistent if we allow it to and so there's a, a process of changing the relationship with our thoughts. 
no, 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 that's not right. It's like the thing I say to people in Australia is like, no one starves. Mm. No one starves. When someone loses their job, they go into full meltdown. Yeah. Right? Because job is attached to what we used to think food, right? There's no antelope left. We're losing our job. That's what our brain goes into. Mm. No one starves in this country. Yeah. It's like you'll still eat. Right? Whether it's parents, whether it's Centrelink, whether it's whatever, like that, like no one starves on the streets of Australia. It's just ridiculous. But our brains don't know this. Mm. And so one of the most powerful things, and I love your message with the nervous system, but mm. it starts also with the thought because the thought is what kicks off the nervous system. Would you so- say that more people need to take the time to challenge themselves to kind of like get that, not, I guess, starvation, but like build that resilience, would you say? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like the thing I say to people, like with freediving, we're constantly building the body-mind connection, right? And it's a two-way feedback loop. So when I am laying on the surface of the water, the first thing I do is say, all right, body, it's time for you to switch off. And I run through all the major centers where I know I can hold stress. And then I go, oh, hell yeah, that body is completely switched off, right? And that, the body actually sends signals to the mind to say, we're sweet down here. And the mind has the ability to then switch off, right? Mm. But it's getting back to it's a two-way feedback loop is you've got to do the same in the mind. You've got to be able to have a calm mind. And then the mind will send signals conversely back down to the body and say, hey, we're all good up here. Because sometimes what happens with people in a freediving sense, which is like, like just think freediving everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. When you're listening to this, what happens is you can switch off the body. And then I might get that thought, did I really train hard enough for this? And if I let that thought take over, it'll send a signal to the body that everything is not okay and the body will tighten up again. So sometimes in that five minutes, it's a process of like body, mind, Uh, 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 mind, no, no, no. This is our safe space. This is our calm place. We're good. And then the body follows. And sometimes it's vice versa. You're like, oh, I'm holding tension in my hips. Ah, Let go. Connect back with breath. We're good. So it's a process of doing that. Now, everyday life, what happens is we're, and I, and I get caught in this too. I'm not immune. We're so in our head. Now, the first person that told me that I was actually a sufferer from major stress before I had found all of this was a dentist. Now, at the time, I looked at him and I was like, mate, stay in your lane. My teeth. I did not pay 150 an hour for you to give me a psychology session. And he said to me, mate, you need um, ways to deal with your stress. Now, if you're not stressed in your everyday life, sorry, if you're not stressed in, in the day or sorry, to go back a step. The reason was because I was wearing my back teeth down because mm-hmm. when I was stressed, I was a clencher of my jaw. Yeah. 
you know those people in your life in your life that you see and you can see the side of their jaw like <laughs> that was me and he said if you're not clenching during the day you're clenching at night time and I was like oh and he goes and that's just pure stress some people get it in the shoulders some people it's in the jaw and so when I then started not long after this this whole journey of freediving and body mind connection the only difference was is that I was conscious of it Mm. sitting at my desk just like I am now and I'd feel it and I'd go I do I clenched right because I had started to build the body and mind connections right that when I would feel that my brain would go hey you're doing it and then I would go oh Adam let go of the jaw let go of the shoulders and now this, the, the, the body-mind connection is so strong, like the force is strong within me, that now sometimes it's as little as three R breaths, I call it, which is in through the nose, out through the mouth. So I just go, all right, I know I've got a huge list of things to do. I'm about to run a retreat or I'm about to work with the bloody Australian swimming team and I need to, it needs to be good. But now I'm like, hey, and I just sit there, close the eyes, I just in through the nose out through the mouth. <sighs> and that exhale in particular, and that ah, it's mm. just like, let go, Adam. Let go of the shit, okay? You've got enough time to do all this stuff. And at the end of those breaths, I tell myself to hurry slowly. Now, it's I saw there was this uh, hotel in Bingen in Bali, and I had just started my meditation journey and I was like, hurry slowly. How cool is that? And one day the owner was out the front. I was like, mate, tell me about this hurry slowly. I love it. And he goes, yeah, it's my slogan. Um, I used to live in Bondi and I was killing myself with stress. I had a massive construction company and, you know, 50 staff. And I was slowly killing myself. And I was like, yeah, right. I've heard all about this now. And he's like, so I moved here. I put that money into this little hotel. He goes, it's not stress-free. Uh, he's like, but this sign, if you came inside here, you'll see it's everywhere. And it's a reminder to me that no matter how much stuff I have to do, no matter what's going on, I can always hurry slowly. Mm. He said, and I'm more productive when I do that. I was like, yeah, right. So now, even though I might not have time to do a 10-minute meditation, right? I can still bring my nervous system back by doing this. Three R breaths. At the end of the R breaths, I smile. I change my physiology and I move slowly. All my movements are slow. I might get up, I might go to the kitchen, I might make a coffee, right? And I might just like, I'm just pouring it super slow and I'm smiling. And I can literally feel, even as I talk about this Mm. with you now, can literally feel my system start to come down. So even just demonstrating to you my art breaths and talking about hurry slowly and talking about, I am actually currently, as we speak, feeling my system start to go, oh, Adam, you want us to come down a bit. You might've even noticed it in my tone. It just knows. And I actually did this podcast once and I was showing the guy how to do a full breath. Yeah. Because humans... For their entire life, 
from birth to death probably only access about 40% of their lungs. It's only free divers that can access 100% of their lungs because we're taught to. Mm. And at the end of me showing him this full breath, he said, I don't know whether anyone's ever told you this, but you went from on yes. to speaking to me, bam, 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 thoughts, 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 thoughts. And you were obviously in a in what you call a state of arousal. Yeah. Want to be thinking, you want to be in that stress state because stress state is good for performance, right? And performance, whether it's talking to you on a podcast. And he, but he said, but he said, all of a sudden, you went into do the full breath. And he's like, mate, I just sat back and went, holy shit. He's like, there was like, there was this aura around you. He goes, I felt calmer. Mm. He goes, your whole body changed. And he's like, I don't know whether you know this happens, but you should play this back when I launch it. He goes, man, he goes, it was it was actually amazing to watch. And I'd never, ever thought about it because it's just what I did in a freediving world. But mm. I'd never actually been able to take that whole helicopter view and look down on me and go, wow, yeah, everything, everything in my being changes. But yet sometimes running around on land, I don't access that. And that's the constant struggle not sorry it's the wrong word not struggle that's the constant um growth that i'm searching for is that firstly become conscious of it and then change it so a very good freediver called william truebridge one of the best that's ever um been uh i've been talking to him over the last couple of days because i'm going to compete again now that covid's well it's not gone but we're not scared of it anymore um and one of the things when we were talking, he said, I love what you're doing, Adam. I do the same thing with my people, rada, rada, rada. And he says, what I tell my people is this, the beast will always be there. You mm. cannot get rid of the beast, right? It'll always pop up. And he said, but as you and I both know through our journey with freediving is that what we have the ability to do is overpower the beast. And the beast is within us. Mm. It's our nervous system, right? It's our emotion center. It's our thoughts. The beast is within. But it's just whether you let the beast overpower you or whether you use simple, simple techniques to overpower that beast. Mm. And your choice is this, Xanax, Valium, whatever drug you want to use, marijuana, whatever, alcohol, right? Because this is what happens. We want a quick fix. We don't want to do the work. We want someone else to do the work for us, which that someone else could be Mr. Jim Beam or Mr. Spliff or Mr. Xanax. So we, we want someone else to do the work. But the work, the real power or where you can actually start to change your life for the better is where you do the work, Um. And you overpower the beast with something that's free and side effect free. Mm. So, you know, the, the powerful thing to go back a step with the breath is this. It's happening unconsciously, right? You're not having to think about your breath now. You're just watching me crap on and on and on and you're breathing, right? Yeah. 
but also, and it's the only thing in the human body that we can do this with. Also, in every second of every day, we can consciously shift it. The rate, the depth, the quality. And that changes our nervous system. The only thing that's uh, close is heart rate, right? So Mm. it's happening unconsciously, beat, 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 beat. Mine's probably quite high right now. Now, I can't in this moment go, shit, press my heart rate through the roof. I don't want it there. Give me a second. (laughs) Yeah, hang on one second. I can't go, all right, we're roughly at 120. Let's heart, let's do 80. It won't respond, Mm. right? With some targeted breath, it will. But breath is such as that it's happening unconsciously that I could just say like, Chris, I'm breathing like shit because I'm talking too much. My nervous system is off. I don't like this. Hang on one second. Now, if I do that for long enough, you'll get bored and your listeners will be like, come on, ads, come back to us. But I could do that. Mm. I could regulate my nervous system, my thought patterns, my everything for a happier, healthier, calmer life um, by tapping into that. Um, So, you know, some takeaways that I think for your listeners is, Firstly, it's the relationship with your thought first, the beast, right? Mm. Then your decision is, does it overpower me or do I overpower it? And it's like kind of as simple as that. And it took free diving to teach me that, to confront, because a primal fear is being suffocated or drowning or, you know, being in a tight space and running out of air, right? That's a primal fear. And with free diving, you tackle that head first, but you learn to do it in a calm way. And you just think most people, I mean, I get people who pay for courses and never rock up. Mm. Don't even ask for a refund. They just, the anxiety and fear gets too much and they don't turn up. I'm like, wow, I give away free, free diving courses and people don't use it. Really? Interesting. Like not naming anyone, but I, I've done, I've given away free ones at these Australian swimming camps. I gave away free ones at air locker. I gave away free ones, you know, at different events over the years. And I think I've probably given away 10 free courses over maybe like five or six years. I have one person activated it. And this course is worth $600, right? Imagine someone saying, here's a $600, I don't even know how much iPhones are anymore, but here's a $600 free uh, um, Apple phone and then go, oh, I'm a bit scared of that phone. Don't want it. Really, it's 600 bucks. You could literally just go and sell it. so it's it's um i i love free diving has been the greatest teacher for me Mm. um and also the greatest tool i've ever had to be able to help people because it's tangible and i can literally see it i see people i say go down in the pool we're just going to lay on the surface and hold our breath for as long as we can they're like gotcha (laughs) <laughs> and they lay there and their neck usually mo- a lot of people's shoulders and neck 
they hold mm. themselves up like this and I just put a hand on the back of their neck and I say, let go. And their head drops. Yeah. They, they keep that calm state for 15, 20 seconds and I just see the neck start to rise again. Mm. And then I grab it again, let go. Boom. Head drops again. And that's what they're doing in everyday life. They're just not conscious of it. But free diving, they go, man, I didn't even know that I was holding that stress until you'd grab my neck. And I was like, I know that's because you're not conscious in your everyday life. But that is the area where you hold stress. You get a sore neck much? And they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, you can't deal with stress in your everyday life. And they're like, right. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's just a very quick, tangible way to show people how they deal with their stuff. What's a, what's a, I guess like a little mantra that you say to yourself or something that you've said to someone else that allows them to then use that as say a moment to get people more conscious and to actually be present to do something in life. So for me, for example, mine is, I'm like, well, you're going to die anyway, <laughs> which is a bit extreme, but like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the thing I say to myself, like before, you know, I was jumping off cliffs in Croatia in the water and. Yeah. I remember the, this one particular cliff in that sample and it was like a, a rock midway down that came out. So you had to really fling yourself over. People broke their backs there before and whatnot. And I was like, oh, well, you know what? You're going to die anyway. So just give it a go. And at least do the best you can. <laughs> well, there's a very famous old dude. I think his name was like Dennis Waitley. I think his name was. And it's a really good quote. He said, life is so risky. None of us are going to make it out alive. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. And I, I remember hearing that and going, oh, Jesus, it's so true. Like, whether it's a car hitting us or we die of our old age, we're all dying. So don't be afraid to live. But I suppose probably one of my, like, little new mantras at the moment is, um, and I stole it. Yeah. <laughs> Love the honesty. <laughs> Who did I steal it from? I think it was Jim Carrey. He said... Life isn't something that happens to you. It happens for you. Mm. You need to open the door for that. Most people don't open the door, right? Yeah. Whether it's business opportunity where you manifest that stuff, um, whatever it is, like a love, you know, you don't open the door because you're scared of it failing. What, what, whatever it is in your life. Um, because I found myself at a certain point having life happen to me and then bitching about it, mm. right? Like, oh, Australia, freaking hell, they can't do anything. They fine you everywhere and, you know, we're so regulated in Australia. And blah, 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 blah. I want to live in Bali, right? And that's kind of like life happening to you, mm. right? As opposed to... Yeah, I get a fine or two, but God, so much good shit happens to me because I manifest that shit. Mm. Yeah. I'll never forget. I love a quote from um, Tony Robbins. Um, and I, I think it's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. But um, he picked someone out of the crowd who had that like victim mentality that, oh, life happens to me. And he just said, how do you think I got to this point to stand in front of all of you? How do you think I got to this point? 
And they were like, oh, you know, came up with whatever they came up with. I can't remember. But he said, I built this motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> and I, I remember watching it going, yes, you did. Yeah. You big, glorious man. And, you know, like he said, stuff goes wrong. And it's kind of down the same route of like life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Mm. But you've got to build that motherfucker and you've got to move. You've got to kind of be like, no, 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 no. Good things happen to me. And like in my meditations, I picture and I burn this into my subconscious, the, the things that I'm going to achieve. I just picture it so vividly and I smile. And then just over time, it's like for my brain, it's already happened. Mm. Right? It's already happened. And then when it happens, like I've got an even bigger smile because I'm like, I, you know what? I dreamt this shit up. I built this motherfucker. This happened. It didn't happen to me. No one gave it to me. I built this. Like when I first started this business, everyone in the freediving world said, oh, it's just a hobby business. You do it every so often. You won't, you can't make a living out of freediving. And I think I said this to you the other day. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't know whether that's true. I just diversified and I built it and I had no plan B. This was it. And I just like in my meditations, I could see myself on stage with thousands of people looking at me and it happened. And when it happened, I was like, wow, people were just like, why are you saying wow? I'm like this, I dreamt this shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's my mantra is it happens for you, but you, you gotta, you gotta believe you've got to see it. And you got to have no plan B. This shit, this is what's going to happen. And I can't wait for that moment when it happens. The coolest thing about that is like, I love the fact where you talk about like opening doors because all that doesn't happen until you like put yourself in that uncomfortable situation and open the door or give you this, give yourself the opportunity to actually experience something new so that you actually get the opportunity to do something different. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that that comfort of like, well, I can't do something that's unusual and not in routine. And then they stay in the same place and they become that victim. And then they never actually gain those those manifestations, all things coming into their life. And it manifestations are interesting because huge believer that everything that I think about or everything that I plan comes true. Like I remember five years ago, well, yeah, it would have been five five years ago now when I first moved to the coast. And I looked up in Budrum and, you know, all the, the houses in the trees in Budrum. And I was like, man, I'd love to live there. And this is where I live now. And it's well, wild. <laughs> and- well, it's funny. I was about to say to you, what, what you're kind of almost saying is um, that old quote, forest through the trees, right? Mm. So um, people can see the forest, right? Like when I was young, I could see myself running out for Queensland and the state of origin. I could see it. I was from Townsville, right? I was obsessed with rugby league. Could see it i could see the forest yeah but the trees got in the way mm. how do i get there no one else believes in me i don't really believe i can do it i can see it you can see the forest so like what i say to a lot of people when they want to achieve something is don't ever think about the how right think about the why think about what it is and believe in it, the how will materialize. You will find those ways. Mm. You'll find a way to make it work. You'll meet people that you probably didn't meet before. You'll find articles that you didn't usually see. You'll People will come into your life that want to help you 
find that goal because you're looking at the forest and you're not looking at the trees, which is like, oh, how do I get there? Oh, you've got to go through that. Oh, that doesn't sound like it's easy. So the trees, the individual trees is what stops you from having the forest. Mm. So that's, don't don't think about how, just think about the why and believe it. That's so good because literally that's life. Everything's in front of you and you just have to walk through or run through or sprint through, one of the two. Um, sorry. But, yeah, well, life will keep throwing trees yeah. at you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not going to start. It's getting back to that beast. You can't yeah. get rid of it. It's just, can you overpower it or does it overpower you? That's it's pretty much it. Mm. And that's essentially just taking responsibility, I guess, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it's mainly, I think, the biggest thing is responsibility over your thoughts because that's mm. what fails us. Yeah. I can't do that. I'm not big enough, strong enough, smart enough, whatever to do that. And it's just a sh- it's just a shift in thinking. And the 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 best operators, the most successful people in the world, they know this. Yeah. And the rest of us don't. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just you know I'm just scraping the surface of this. I'm like fuck yeah, I'm in. I I've bought into this, and I'm going to help other people do this. And it, it just like it works. Like I just I'm like wow, it just works. Like you know. Um, and you know what what comes next for me is what i'm gonna build Mm. like whereas in the past i would say things like geez i'm super lucky super lucky to have done that luck has no no like place in the achievement of humans Mm. it's the, the the truly and success is not money either but the truly successful people in this world that you look at and you just go man you are just a class above they just don't they've they've managed to figure out how to not have the doubts how to see their thoughts and that's why most most stupidly successful people have a meditation practice right Hmm. when i interview them they go i get up every morning and i do some meditation you know, yes. I used to always be intrigued by meditation because, you know, I'd listen to these audio books of Tony Robbins and he's like, I meditate every day. And I'm like, I'm going to meditate. And then I'd sit down for a minute and go, fuck that. That was hard. <laughs> right. And now it's still not easy, mm. but I sit. And that changes the way or changes the relationship I have with my thoughts because meditation isn't about not thinking. I have lots of thoughts, but. It's what I attach to those thoughts and whether I let them run wild is the, is the difference. And the more that, more that I do that sitting on the beach on my own with my eyes closed, the more in everyday life when that thought pops up, I'm like, there you are again. No, we processed you this morning. Catch ya. Mm. Scrump, scrunch that thing up, throw it in the bin. You never go back into the bin, right? You throw food in the bin, you don't go back into it. Well, I mean, some people do. Yeah. <laughs> but, Generally, you throw something in the bin, you don't go back for it. And that's kind of part of my thought process. Now nah, that's in the bin. Gotcha. The cool thing about that is it's like that famous quote, is it Steve Jobs? It says like success leave clue, leaves clues. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Success leaves huge clues. Um, but you okay. also, uh, it's got to be like, you really got to tap into you when you are successful or when something does work really be conscious of it because sometimes we're not we go geez i was super lucky 
What's um three things that you'd three pieces of advice that you would give to someone who might be starting out or might even be thinking about throwing in the towel? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a really good question. And just so you know, listeners, he didn't give me these three questions, this this question for the three things beforehand. So I didn't have time. <laughs> uh okay. Three things for throwing in the towel. Because I've been there, right? I've been there ready to throw in the towel. Um, firstly, um, there is super power in being vulnerable, right? So you are super powerful when you're able to be vulnerable. Now, this is a big one for dudes, but also for girls. Be vulnerable as shit, If you are struggling, if you are hurting, do not bury your head in the sand and think you can't burden anyone else with this, right? Um, I played a sport like rugby league and you pretended you weren't hurt so that you didn't let your mates down. Um, I've got a son and a daughter that I raise on my own and uh, son falls over, hurts himself. I say, get up, mate, brush it off, let's go. Daughter falls over. Oh, darling, I kiss it better. But now I started to catch myself, right? Hey, bud, you okay? Come here, man. You all right? You hurt? And sometimes he'll say to me, nah. I'm like, that's good. That's your own resilience, though. I'm not doing it for you, right? So I'm not saying it's just a guy thing. But girls are usually a bit better at being vulnerable. So be vulnerable. Sit in that shit. But reach out for help, Okay. What would be the second one? What did I what did I do well? Um, I found uh, community. Community is super important. So uh, find something you love, or if there's something that you already love that you've disconnected from, reconnect with it. Um, because in those moments where you're a bit down and out. Um, Isolation is not good. Community is great. Seeing smiles on other people's faces, connecting back with, let's say you were a nipper when you were a kid and you loved it or surf life-saving, bang, get back there. Um, Community is a huge one. Um, And thirdly, you need a practice, whether it's breath work, meditation, yoga, something like that that might challenge you challenge you mentally but also will give you skills and techniques to be able to become super present and deal with those um those thoughts because i've been i've been in what they would call clinical depression right um where didn't want to get out of bed in the morning it's a dark dark place hoping for sleep because it was a chance for your brain to just shut down driving along a highway and going geez it might just be better to drive into this oncoming truck you know but i don't i don't want to do any more days like and i had kids at the time too like and those thoughts were oh debilitating life was hard um and so the basis of my business as well is to help people with that because I don't want anyone to go through that. 
um, because that place is a deep, dark valley and it's hard to get out of. Um, so what did I just come up with? Be vulnerable. Community. Uh, hey? Community. Community. Get yourself out, even if you don't want to fit, you don't feel like it. Get yourself out. And they kind of can go hand in hand, right? You can be in that community and be a little bit vulnerable. I remember when I went on that spearfishing trip on the way out, I said, mate, I don't know whether you've ever suffered, but man, I, I'm really struggling with life, eh? He's like, oh shit, man. Like, tell, tell me what, what I'm just, everyone wants to tell me it's depression and so I, I think it is depression. I, I don't know, but man, I hate life. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that one day kind of changed the course of my life, but I had to say yes to get out of the house and try this new sport. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And then it's, you know, the, it's the mind that puts us in that dark space. And so when the doctors said to me, take these little white pills, um, antidepressants, right? These are going to fix you. Uh, and I'm not saying to anyone, get off medication if you're on it, right? It's a part of the process of healing. Um, but I myself looked at this little white pill. I think I took one. Mm -hmm. I remember swallowing it and then looking at the, the packet going, this can't be the answer, right? Like my brain got me into this mess. So surely that means that my brain can get me out. What are the steps I need to do? Um, and that was the that was the kind of beginning. And look, actually, while we're on it, I do have a super cheap course online, and I'm not about selling. <laughs> At the start of this, I don't care. I don't need to sell. But I did put together a program in conjunction with one of my freedivers who is a GP. Um, so it's on my website. It's called Dive Out of Depression. But it could be for any mental ill health, right? And there was um, five pillars of mental mastery, we called it. Um, so one um, was exercise, right? We all know the benefits of exercise. I don't need to crap on about that. Two was diet, right? Garbage in, garbage out, right? You put garbage in, you're going to get garbage output. Mm. Um, third one was tribe. Uh, which is like community, right? Find your tribe, get in it. Mm. What's the business called again? What's what? What's sorry? What's your business called again? <laughs> called Travel Fit, but I have the Travel Fit tribe, which is at all our community events and stuff. Thought you had tribe. Yeah. <laughs> um, tribe. Um, the fourth one being um, like mindfulness, meditation, psychology type of. Um, pillar and the fifth was medication okay um, I couldn't talk about it so that's most definitely where he came in because he was a GP and in the beginning I was a little bit like pushed back on it and he's like ads you you got to realize that sometimes people are too far gone mm. and they'll need that initial um, help but these other four pillars are what they also need to work on and then hopefully what happens is you're able to drop the fifth medication off. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, so it, it was good for me to run that with him because I I could go, yeah, well, you're at the forefront. Your people come to you, okay. But he was holistic with how he did it because he had the other pillars as well. So um, that is on my website. It's like 30 bucks. And it's the like thing, two hours of content. Yeah. The um, thing I like about that is it it, it touches on, on the foundations of things and a lot of the time people will search for quick fixes or or health hacks as we hear them all the time and they'll be like, wear the the blue light glasses and they'll help you build more dopamine and they'll mean that you'll um, feel better every day. And it's like, well, you can do that and that's like a, a little bonus, but how about you just eat foods with nutrients first and they'll give you know you the right vitamins and minerals you need for your body to, you know, one, reduce inflammation, which will stop you being so stressed as well because you, your body's not working overtime trying to break everything down and two it's going to allow you to actually get what you need for your brain to function efficiently which is going to help with those those mental um barriers i guess you could say but um the next little bit i want to ask you five speed questions so you got to ask them as quick as you can answer them as quick yeah okay okay no no pressure yeah, I'm the project, mate. There's no pressure here. <laughs> All right. Uh, worst advice you've ever been told? Uh, have a plan B. Best advice you've ever been told? Don't have a plan B. Favourite book you've read? Uh, um, I may be wrong. Best experience you've had from memory? Swimming with a great white. Yeah. Not a cake. Yeah. Most impactful conversation you've had with someone? Oh, goodness. That's a tough one. <laughs> Probably Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. He's not a mate. Don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it counts. That's where, that's where the no plan B thing came from. Yeah. Um, if you saw yourself... When you were 12 years old, what's the first piece of advice you'd give to yourself? Believe in your dreams. Yeah, lovely. And it's kind of the same thing. No plan B. Last thing, weirdest thing you've seen. This is like seven. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) One one more. One more. You're good at these podcasts, but you can't count. Um, sorry, what was the question? Weirdest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> weirdest thing. <laughs> uh, weirdest thing I've ever seen. I want to go to the ocean, but I think there's probably something more weird. Oh, yes, no. I, the weirdest thing I've ever seen, uh, underground cave system that you'd walk into and then you could free dive in. Yeah. And it was dark, but only bits of holes in the, in the um, land above you would come through into this underwater space. It's pretty freaky. But they have these fish and they're literally like called penis fish. (laughs) And I was like, I'm guessing they look like penises. And they're like, yes. And so I went searching for these things and I was like, holy shit, this fish looks like a penis. Look at it. Oh my God. I'm going to, I'll search it up after. Google. I, I, I hope they're called penis fish or these people in the Bahamas just called them penis fish, but they were, 
I remember going, oh, I didn't even want them to come near me because they start yeah. coming towards you like, ah. <laughs> um, it was in a place called the Shrimp Hole because there was also shrimp in there, but it was crazy, freaky. Penis and shrimp everywhere. What a wild yeah, time. <laughs> it, was, it was, and you're underground, right? So there's this big hole that you walk into and then it's all dark under there and there is air. But then it's like this crystal clear fresh water under the crust of the basically the earth and little moles light with being through and it was incredible. We have we have similar stuff here. I run retreats down at the Killsby sinkholes down in South Australia, where it's um, yeah, fresh water, clear, amazing, and some penis so, fish. No penis. Oh, damn. Okay. I feel like we'd get more people. To the yeah. <laughs> um, where, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Ooh. This is not a speed question. This is a normal question. So, so I want to, um, the, the pressure project is going to grow. It's already starting to grow. So I've got representatives in, in different locations now. Um, but I want to start to get, um, more to grassroots um, in terms of we need to affect change in our kids and our school systems because unfortunately what I find is that some of the adults and teenagers that I work with, um, it's hard to have an impact because they just slip into their patterns. Mm. I think if we start to... Uh, get them at that grassroots, like you talk about in sports, the grassroots level. I, I think that's where we can actually start to make an Australian society, at least, or Western culture, a bit more like some of these Eastern cultures where, you know, like I, I, I go to Indonesia a lot and I just, a lot of these communities, like they have nothing. But they're so much happier than us. Mm. like how you know smiling laughing nothing's ever an issue like I know I'm Australian when my driver picks me up before running a retreat in Bali and I'm like man is it okay if I do this and he goes hey easy easy bro Bali and I'm like <laughs> yeah good reminder thanks why <laughs> always a good reminder and then half an hour later, I'll be like, oh, um, shit. Uh, we need to stop at a chemist beforehand because in Ahmed, it's super remote and we can't. He's like, easy, easy, bro. He's like, this is not Australia. Anything can be done. That's so crazy. I'm like, oh, God. And so I love Bali for that. Um, and that's, anyway, so what I'm saying is we need, I feel like we need to make serious change within our school systems. Um, my little folletage, I'll never forget prep within a week there was a list of kids names on this little whiteboard and their reading level and the books beside it and god love my little fella he was right down the bottom in terms of um reading level mm. but within a week of school he already had anxiety about not being as good as the other kids and i was like man we have got it all wrong mm. all wrong don't get me wrong i'm not for participation medals for everyone in the 100 meter sprint that's that's not also what i'm about but the absolute anxiety that we start with super early on in life kills us later in life mm. 
hundred percent. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you before, but like I mentioned this in a few different episodes, but like when I was in high school, I couldn't even read till I think it was year nine or year 10, got labeled as having an intellectual disability. And, you know, it wasn't really that. It was just like, I just obviously didn't have at that time, I wasn't influenced to be more resourceful and be more driven to do things. Wasn't really inspired to actually, you know, be the best I could be. And, you know, everything flipped script script once I actually like decided that I wanted to be, you know, pursue and be more and et cetera. But it, it's funny the labels that we're given or the the ways that we're taught when we're younger, because it really is like an anxiety inducing system at times, not all the time, but at times with particular things. Oh, mate, I, I, absolutely. Um, that, that's, that's how, I mean, we can only really speak to Australia. Um, but it's how Australian society is driven. Like, mm. took for a pandemic for us to have a quarter of negative growth, right? Don't get me wrong, growth is, growth is great. Mm. But growth for growth's sake in an economy means generally the general population is unhappy. Mm. Right? Because, like, we go to work when we're sick. Because that's how we're taught. Don't, don't, don't have, you can't, look, you don't have a sick day. You get up, you get on with it because everyone's got to grow and the economy's got to keep growing and growing and growing. And so, no, it's like, well, sickness is your body telling you to slow down. Mm. Right? You were going too fast. That's why you got sick. Right? But no, 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 no. You get sick, get some codrils and get to work. Yeah. It's freaking terrible for us. But I see it in freediving, right? So picture there's a line going from the surface to the goal, right? And in the first level, of course, the goal is like 10 metres. If you get there, great. If you don't, also great. Who cares? But what I say to them is what you've got to do is as you kick down, don't look at the bottom plate, right? Don't look at the bottom. Just keep your eyes focused on the line. I'm going to be on the other side of the line, kicking down with you. I'm your little safety net. Don't worry, I'm there with you. But I want you to either look at the line or look at me just in front of the line, which keeps your neck in a nice neutral position. You just kick down. They go, yep, yep, okay, yep, 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 yep. What happens? I take a duck dive. Where do you think they look? Straight down. (laughs) Right for the bottom, right? And then they're like, that's further than I thought. They produce their own anxiety. Mm. They get harder. I'm sitting there waving. I'm right across from them, right? Waving. And I do what's called a groper call, which sounds like this, <laughs> which is using your throat, which is actually quite loud underwater. Mm. Nothing. They're gone. The anxiety's taken hold. The beast has got them. Mm. I get to the bottom. Where do you think they look? Straight up. Shit. Where's surface? So I'm often there with them their whole journey. I'm their safety net. They don't see me once. Because on the way down, they're looking at the bottom plate. On the way up, they're looking at the surface. I sometimes get to the surface with them and I'm like, how'd you go? They're like, yeah, yeah. I got to the bottom. And I'm like, I know. I was with you. Oh, were you? And I was like, the whole journey. You just didn't see me because you were looking into the future which is where all the anxiety is and not staying present. 
People that stay present and look at the line, they get there calmly, they get there slowly. Sometimes they hang out there for a bit. They look around, they're like, oh, wow, look at that fish down there. And then they look at me and they go, time to go up. I'm like, absolutely, let's cruise on up. And they cruise on up. And when they get to the surface, they're like, I'm okay. And I'm like, yeah, you are. Well done. You stayed present that whole time. And so you had an enjoyable dive. Mm. And my God, isn't that just life? It is 100%. I think that's the thing is like, more people just enjoy the dive than they can see what's around them and they can actually experience it. Enjoy the journey. Don't worry about the destination. Like whoever gets to the destination, shit. Mm. I've never heard anyone go like, you know, what am I? I'm 38. Like, you know what? I'm 38. Fuck it. I've achieved everything. Yeah. Party for the rest. (laughs) I've done everything. I've literally done. I've conquered life. I have conquered life. Like you got these guys like, who's the guy that invented Tesla? What's his friggin' name? Oh, Elon Musk. Like yep. he's almost like you would almost say like that that bloke's conquered life. Like he's he's done. He doesn't need to do anything more. Mm. But I bet if you had a conversation with him, he wouldn't go, no, "I've conquered life." I bet he'd be like, "I'm just beginning, mm. I'm scratching the surface. You wait, what's coming?" You know, like, um, so like, don't get me wrong, like. I have to give myself a royal kick up the ass all the time. All the time. Like I trained with you, Chris. You do you see this? <laughs> I'm like land land based exercises like the or like weights or whatever is like for me is like the necessary evil. I'm like, I know I've got to do it. Right. I don't love it. But I know I've got to do it as a part of my training. So sometimes I drag myself in there. I'm like, oh God. They've got the air bike out again. Shit. <laughs> but we get through it. You get you get through it. And, you, you know, like, no one's the finished product. We're, like, essentially, here's what I think is if someone said, if someone were to say to me, what is, what is the meaning of life? Or what do humans really want most? I just go, we just want to be as happy as we possibly can be. It's about it. Mm. Now, what makes you happy is different for everyone, whether it's business success, whether it's emotional intelligence, success, whatever it is. That's just all what people are chasing. We just get caught up in the stuff, you know. People have arguments with lifelong friends and lose lifelong friends over stupid shit. You know, like, that's just the stuff. I just want to be... that. Yes, you had an argument, but they just, but at their core, they just want to be happy in life just like you do. Like, get over it, move through it, let it wash mm-hmm. over you, and just keep going. And so, Troy, like, as a society, that's, that's what we always do. And like, even back to traveling and stuff, when I went to Morocco, like, just like the general, like, kindness of everyone there being like, hey, do you want to come in? have like dinner with us and it's like a stranger and it's like you but you know it's genuine like you genuinely know it's genuine and um you know it's crazy like you'll you'll go for dinners with these people and it's like they're so fixated not on you know hitting the end but just being where they are in that present moment enjoying the time seeking that happiness and seeking that enjoyment and that community their tribe and just living if um 
people wanted to follow your own journey on social media, website, everything in between, uh, where can they find you? Uh, on Instagram, it's just at pressure project. Um, so that's a good way. If you want to have a look at the different things on the website, it's just all the W's dot the pressure project or the pressure project.com.au. Um, they're probably the two best ways. Um, obviously on Facebook, I'm just Adam Sellers. So you can look me up that way, but yeah. Um, love anyone, any, even if there's just feedback, if you say, if you want to reach out and be like, Adam, you're a knob, <laughs> no sense to me. Um, Happy to have those discussions as well. <laughs> I quite often learn from those experiences. They're good. Um, but yeah. No, epic. Well, I just want to say, um, that was, that was great. Like there was so many like golden nuggets in there and like very achievable things because everything was super simplified. It all made sense. It's all very achievable stuff and it's all digestible, like anything. One breath at a time. I had to say it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want to say I'm super stoked to have you on, have had you on the podcast and I'm really excited to see how far you take this and really appreciate your time today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening in guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member share us on social media, leave us a review and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference and you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you next time.